And welcome everyone to episode number 16 of the VR Pimp Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Velvet, and in this episode I'll speak with Telly Lopez Fu from Paradigm Net Media and VR Fan Service. I last interviewed Telly about nine months ago when he was preparing for the launch of the JustVR.XXX website. Telly has also produced content for Groovy VR and VR3000. He is currently working to further develop his VR fan service project, which, as the name suggests, is focused on getting fans more involved in the VR porn production process, with the ultimate goal being the creation of a more authentic, intimate, and immersive VR experience. So let's get straight to the interview here, which starts out with Telly describing the difference between VR fan service and his company, Paradigm Net Media. I think that's the best way to distinguish between uh, Paradigm Net Media, which is more of an overall general business consulting company that creates products and manages those products, to something like uh, VR Fan Service, which is dealing specifically with VR 180 content and uh, all the things that are associated in that world. So uh, it's a good way to separate, or at least in the idea of like branding it within people's minds that it's VR fan services, the VR stuff. Paradigm Net Media is just the company above it that also can do other things. I also think it's good to, by having VR fan service versus Paradigm Net Media uh, in people's minds, because it states what we're trying to do. We're just, we're trying to create content for fans, by fans, um, and do it in a way that is as ethical as possible. Um, with just VR, uh, the name alone kind of connotated what we were about. We were about making making quality that was just um, treating people fairly, treating performers fairly, doing the best we can to um, pay them well, and making sure that their time on set is at least enjoyable because the most important commodity in the world is time. And the fact that they'll uh, put in the work and do such amazing performances, uh, it's something that we should uh, take into account and celebrate. So things like that. Um, it's kind of our, I guess, our guiding light for VR fan service going forward. And how is that going to work as far as equipment-wise? Are you actually filming some of the content yourself and then having distributing hardware to other people to do it, or how does that work? Uh, as of right now, it's uh, our own hardware. Uh, we'll be doing filming posts. Uh, same thing that we've always done, and I guess as going forward, uh, just seeing what other opportunities are available i'd uh, i'd love to get it to a point where it's simple enough that we could create like a workflow process for other people but right now it's still a little it's still in the infancy stage and i'm glad that more mainstream companies are putting energy into vr 180 Uh, there's been a lot of updates into adobe a lot of software updates into a stereography software that i use um and then you're just kind of waiting for the hardware to catch up. Right now, K1 Pro is the best camera on the on the market, but even that has a lot of limitations. So uh, I find that my my DIY solution provides uh, adequate, if not as good as level of visual clarity as a K1 Pro with half the value. So I think I'm also going to start doing something with Shapeways, where I'm selling my 3D models of the camera configurations. So at least other tinkerers and uh, makers can get in on the fun too have you seen the new views 180 sort of a flip thing oh yeah Eh, a lot of these cameras i mean they're they're interesting um but 
uh, when push comes to shove and when they're actually in the hands of uh, other, I guess other, I, don't, I hate to minimize it by saying shooters, but other VR 180 creators, uh, they're usually lacking in something. Um, you look at like the Kando, uh, that little thing that can go from 360 to 180. There's still resolution issues. It, it's a cool all-in-one, but it's not at the point where a prosumer professional use. Um, same could be said for Lenovo's uh, camera system. Same could be said for the missing Yi camera system. Um, so there's development but it's slow and i think as far as hardware is concerned a lot of companies want to go for mass appeal mass market appeal which is why they're smaller portable kind of have gimmicky things like they fold out and move however for mainstream use it's either you build your own or you just resort to a k1 pro with the vr fan service is that mostly cam girls or other girls in the industry anybody um our our goal with VR fan service is about providing a type of content that's true to the aesthetic and brand of our performers. Uh, a lot of times with larger companies, they're more interested in creating a myopic sense of pornography based on 2D porn, kind of seeing that a lot to where if you go to I guess, certain um vr 180 porn sites and you just scroll through it looks no different than any other 2d site and i think with uh, vr 180 we're able to provide a sense of immersion and intimacy that's not normally found within a 2d experience so by limiting ourselves to how production is made for 2d and then just trying to transpose that over into a virtual 3d environment it, it loses a lot of its appeal. So uh, with that, what we try and do is work with anybody from cam performers to um, lewd models, uh, models who are on Instagram, uh, as well as mainstream porn performers, such as uh, our friend Amelia Onyx. Um, it, it's about celebrating the personality because to put on a headset, to load it up, to fire it, just to watch 2D porn kind of feels unnecessary. So by creating an experience, and that's what we're trying to do is create experiences or erotic memories, by taking it in that perspective, we can provide more value uh, to the consumer and also more value to the performers that we work with so that it's not just XYZ performer at whatever studio, but it's Amelia Onyx being Amelia Onyx for her fans. And all we're doing is just setting the stage. Yeah, that's interesting. Just giving them the freedom to do whatever it is they're good at. And, well, uh, most of the girls on, cam girls anyway, they have a following, right? So they got guys who are there to watch them. And they should have an idea about what it is that guys like about them, I suppose. Exactly. And I think that self-knowledge is uh, very evident when in a, a VR environment. Because the performer has to look directly at a camera and pretend uh, that they're having that same kind of emotional connection, no different than uh, a cam girl in her bedroom. And by moving towards or by choosing models or working with models that have the experience to generate intimacy when probably the most uh, unintimate environment, being alone in your, your room with a camera staring at you, um, that allows them to understand the dynamic of VR 180 production a lot more uh, clearly, easily than 
uh, a mainstream adult performer who is often seen more as a passive role within whatever production um, things happening to them versus them creating an experience right yeah well, that sounds like a really good idea actually i know that when you sent me before you had a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff where you were directing mm-hmm. some directing i thought that was pretty interesting too i'm sure if you added that in yeah. totally totally that's that's something that uh, i'm trying uh, to put into a lot more of the content because i think especially after doing hentai con a lot of people are curious about what goes on behind the scenes not just of a porn production shoot but also within a vr uh shoot so uh, by conveying that you know the message that i put out there for the brand vr fan service about how we try and be as just as possible about how we want to work with models who have their own presence and understanding of their own style and also treating them fairly and respectfully on set by allowing them to look behind the the lens and see the makings of it. I'm hoping that they realize that it's not just lip service, but it's authentic. And I, I believe that by providing an authentic experience uh, behind the camera allows the performers to create an authentic immersive experience in front of the camera. And right now I'm working on uh, Rocky Emerson's hardcore scene with uh, Ruckus and the chemistry is palpable. And it's because these are performers who know each other, uh, have worked together and also genuinely care for one another. Um, A lot of times, uh, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir with you, but um, a lot of times with 2D productions, it's more or less just a casting director throwing together two performers who either fulfill uh, a demographic that they're going for or some broadcast licensing uh, itinerary where they have to be of a certain ethnicity or else they're not going to pick it up. Um, so by doing our casting and our booking based off of the performer's strengths and also the chemistry that they have together with performers that they already know, I believe that creates an once again, an even more authentic, intimate, immersive experience. When do you expect to sort of launch the VR fan service? Is it officially launched yet or are you still building it out? It's still being built out. Um, right now, I'm uh, taking it in a different marketing direction. So uh, well, there's a lot of things spinning uh, in the air, but due to the reaction that we got from HentaiCon, Going forward, um, building up our own um, just brand awareness off of the content that we've done, the people that we work with, and also getting um, building a discussion between those who are interested in immersive experiences as to the performers they want to see. And then using that to leverage um, either with uh, the performers themselves or other brands who can help sponsor it. And then finding creative ways to finance it. Um, because ultimately, I think the... The business model, as is, for adult productions, facilitates the, the myopic uh, content creation machine. Um, because most people who create content for uh, adult erotica within today's industry, they don't really create it for fans or for regular people. It's more about what they can chop up and then license to broadcast companies. So if you follow the money, then you kind of see who really dictates the content and who the content is for. Um, but, uh, yeah, oh, sorry. Have, I was going to ask if you've seen any of the content from Strips VR. Mm, no, never never heard of them. Yeah, he's sort of an independent operation like yourself. Could be something very similar uh, to what you're doing, but he's getting very good feedback. Yeah, definitely. Um, authenticity and in, an intimate experience is not... Um, 
it's not a an unknown thing. It's it's not a new thing. I think with the content that's been created in porn, a lot of times it's more about the stake than the sizzle and just seeing things go into things. Uh, from what my time within VR180 has taught me is that the sex is actually the least important part. If anything, it's about setting a stage that makes someone feel immersed within whatever reality you're trying to create for them. Um, and the performer is probably the, the front and center aspect of it that somebody can visually hook onto. So having a performer who knows how to command attention, uh, whether it be a, a an exotic dancer or a cam girl who knows how to um, manipulate time within a performance and knows how to to do certain types of emotional hooks within either their cadence of their speech or their movements and all that kind of stuff. It translates extremely well to a 3D 180 or a VR 180 environment. So yeah, totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I hope he's doing great. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see it. Yeah, you should check it out. Strips VR. Yeah, he's doing quite well uh, based on the feedback from reddit anyway nice nice good good um yeah uh, i think as time progresses i think we're going to see uh less strength from i guess we would call them mainstream porn production companies and more going towards independence and uh people like myself would fall more towards a service vendor side than as a production company it's probably for the best at that point because when you when you start to believe that your vision or your idea of how porn or sexuality should be the uh, the head uh, the end all be all of erotic content, you start to create a stale product. Everything just looks the same. Um, and by having uh, different view points of views, different perspectives from different directors and creators, that's what makes the landscape fun. That's what makes it interesting. And that w- that's what brings energy into it. And I think uh, a lot of the decline within people's spending for porn is in part due to the fact that as the content's not created for them, they'd rather put their time, money, and energy in other types of uh, entertainment. So you are at a point now where you're sort of out on your own doing this project. How, how does that feel? Um, I mean... I've uh, I've had a business since I was 17 years old. Um, there's always ups and downs. However, uh, with that experience, with the ability to to fail and get back up, doesn't scare me at all. If anything, it's just more invigorating. Um, with the connections that we made over at HentaiCon um, and the meetings I have set up this week, I still believe that uh, we're on the right track. Um, and uh, I also welcome the freedom to be able to kind of be beholden more to fans than to a financial backer. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't enjoy partnering up with other companies who have uh, similar interests or like-minded beliefs. It's just that when it comes to creating content, the content should be for people and not for broadcast companies. Yeah. Oh, the, this early part of the process has been so skewed towards the technical side mm, yeah there, there's totally that too um i was just watching uh, it's a wonderful life and you know that movie was made a long time ago but it, it still holds up and regardless of what people say about um the importance of future proofing your content a lot of times you'll find that when people tell you to future proof thing they also tell you that they have something to sell you 
that can do that, um, which is what 4K cameras started doing. But then nobody has a 4K TV that's usually 1080p. Um, people said the same thing about, uh, what is it, different types of hard drive backups when they were using zip drives. It'd be like, you future-proof it. You put it on a zip drive and where are zip drives today. So I, I think I think experience allows people to see that the concept of future-proofing, while sure, you should always back up your drives, you should always have your RAWs on hand, ultimately um, just create it for the moment and then have that be your best work at the moment and then always try to keep pushing it forward as things come on. And if people start to enjoy your back catalog and maybe the visual clarity isn't there, as long as you have the RAWs, you can always try and see what's uh, available with new software and hardware. And that's something that we found we had to do with uh, some of the Groovy VR stuff as well as some of the Just VR stuff before launching is due to a lot of the software upgrades, we could provide a better product, do better stereo. Um, and so then we had to, we went back, re-edited everything, re-exported it. And I think it shows through. And now with uh, new things within spatial audio, ambisonics, we can then push it further for the next iteration of content that we create. So I guess just keeping 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 focused on what you're doing now to please the people who enjoy it today, but always work towards building a better product for tomorrow. It must be so hard with something like just VR and you only have a limited amount of content. It's almost like mm -hmm. when these sites start out and they have you know, only a few videos, it's so difficult to sell a subscription. It's almost like they should all be selling, you know, individual scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, too. Um, uh, by doing it as a subscription model, um, it works to an extent with that. You can sustain um, more content flow because then you can kind of see how much money you have for each and every single month versus a clip store model where, you know, sometimes some months are better than others. Some clips sell better than others and your financial future becomes a little uncertain. However, I do personally appreciate uh, the clip model uh, until you've kind of created your own uh, following. Because when people buy products or subscribe to products nowadays, I find that a lot of them aren't really buying the thing. They're buying into the story and the brand and what the brand stands for. Um, and this kind of ties back to my, my background within like lifestyle marketing. It's no different than as it is today. If you can create a message uh, and be true to that message and provide a product that is enjoyable, I think it resonates with people and they'll expend the energy, whether it be to promote your products on social media, to spread the word, or even dole up money for new content. That's what I think people should be uh, work more concerned about, um, building the brand awareness being true to your brand, and then executing on that. What do you think of the new uh, Oculus Quest that's coming out? I heard that the upgrades aren't uh, very different from the Oculus Go. Uh, but it is but it is a, a nice color of uh, black, I guess, so it makes it look cooler. Um, getting, getting an Oculus Go in the hands of people who have never tried VR, it was transformative for them. Uh, a lot of the people who did our demo, we demoed, well over a hundred times uh, with people as they queued up and uh, sat in the chair. We had a four minute trailer, so you know it was a lot to ask. But after they took it off, 
they kept remarking about the visual clarity, the sense of presence due to the clarity. Also with the built-in speakers, they were okay, but you know, it was enough to get a sense of what was going on. Um, and I think right now within where we are uh, with adoption, Oculus Go, maybe the PVR, I haven't been able to try it yet. It's probably all we need. And this, once again, this, this lust for bigger, better technology, uh, you have people trying to push 8K onto uh, the consumer base. It's more about marketing than actual use case. So what computer can run an 8K uh, video file? I'm, I've got two PCs that are easily worth three grand each, and they would struggle uh, just doing a 6K uh, through an Oculus. So uh, what are you asking of consumers to consume this content? You're asking them to spend, what, $4,000 on a machine to watch a 20-minute video that maybe maybe not be any good. Um, I think by limiting or lowering the barrier to entry to an effective price point like that 19, uh, 199 for Oculus Go and for the PVR is perfect. Um, as long as the visual clarity is good, as long as they have the ability to either sideload content or use different types of video players um, and then create their own uh, experience and have a feel as if it's something that they actually own versus something they're using of someone else's. I think that's good enough for now to start building early adopters into the marketplace. You're asking a lot from people to um, make hardware purchases. You look at um, things like PlayStation or the Xbox for $4.99. You could have all these games and do all these things. So to come at it at a high dollar uh, entry point, to have a specially built computer with a $1,000 headset on it, you're talking about a very small demographic. Um, and if what people want is mass adoption, then they should be understanding of uh, the, the economic situation for the mass uh, market. Um, and yeah, just once again, just providing a diverse array of content that's different from what's already been done within 2D to show that there is potential for this new market and what can be created. And then just keep executing on that. Yeah. Have you ever watched Greg Lansky's keynote speech at XBiz? I think it was 2015, maybe? No. Mm-mm. Check it out. Um, it's it's similar to what I'm trying to do, um, where it's, it's about catering towards real fans, hardcore fans, because it's those people that will uh, support your product, even when things are bad. The, because as long as you're true to whatever agenda you're, you're trying to perpetuate, Um, And as long as you're open to them and you're willing to have a conversation, they're going to be there. And he wouldn't, uh, he credited his success towards these hardcore types of fans and providing the content that they want um, and being open to taking suggestions. So I think uh, I'm trying to do basically that um, with people who enjoy anime, hentai, all that kind of stuff because it's i believe it's like the newer younger generation sex positive environment um and these are the people who will be buying porn in the future so if we're not having the discussion with them and we're not asking them what they want and only telling them what we'll give them then eventually they'll pull away just as they did with 2d so i i think this is a new opportunity to do better than what we've done before and kind of excited I was going to ask you, what I'm trying to do is 
do maybe a, a podcast every couple of weeks, and I thought it might be interesting to have you on to sort of comment on the news and give everybody an update about what's happening with your project, because you're in the sort of in the early stages now and developing. It'd be interesting to hear, I think, for listeners, you know, how the process is going. Oh, that sounds extremely exciting. Hey, thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, Yeah, uh, I love to run my mouth. So uh, if any topics you can throw at me, by all means, I'm sure I'll have something to say about it. I think it would be interesting to hear your side of it from the production side, because my, you know, when I look at things, I'm sort of looking from the consumer side. So it'd be good to get somebody from the production side to sort of give their thoughts about it, too. Yeah, yeah sure. Oh, that sounds extremely fun. All right. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time to talk with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And thanks again to Telly for the interview and for agreeing to join me on future podcasts to discuss the latest news and developments in the industry. Telly is obviously a very smart guy, and it will be great to have someone from that side of the business to share their knowledge and opinions on the many different subjects I'll be covering in upcoming episodes. If you have any feedback on the VR Fan Service Project, I know Telly would love to hear from you as it's all about fan participation. You can follow along and connect with him via the Twitter and Instagram pages at their username VRFanService. Alright, I think that will do it for this episode of the VR Pig Podcast. I thank you for listening, and until next time, this is Scotty Velvet, signing off.